so often uh, you can start to get in a rhythm. And I'll be honest in the fact that I've gotten into rhythm with a Fit and Faith podcast. I mean, y'all were dropping five episodes a week now. It's so crazy. And I'm so grateful. There's some extra goodies in there of biz tip directive from yours truly. And then also all of these incredible conversations that I get to have with humans across the globe. And today's human that I get to showcase to you didn't actually even feel worthy to be on this show. And immediately my response was there is purpose and God is positioning you. And the prompting that I had to ask him to be here was simply off of hearing him speak one day at a church in a city that I don't belong to, at a church I don't belong to, and I just knew that there was a connection, and I got to unpack what that connection was during this show live, and you guys are going to see the relatability that not only does Josh bring to the conversation and to the Fit and Faith community, but to the community at large for what we like to call easily and understand as the prodigal, but sometimes people can feel even that is too churchy or religious. And truly what he means is the one who is seeking, the one who feels lost or stagnant, and that's who he was and it's who I was. So the conversation just really lent itself beautifully to the heart of the Father so that you too can experience what it's like to live in a space of trust live in a space of forgiveness, live in a space of prompting and just saying yes to God. And so I love that Josh Kingery has displayed that so beautifully in his life. And he's a pastor at Red Rocks Church. I highly encourage you to follow them on social media, specifically on YouTube. Their worship team is incredible. Josh is incredible. Their lead pastor is incredible. His wife, Caroline, incredible. Like just an incredible human and humanity that's being cultivated in a city that's far from me, which brings such hope and peace to what God is doing across the nation and in all of the nations. And so I hope you tune in and enjoy the the pace and the rhythm of this podcast, which might feel a little different than others, but it felt like home. So thank you, Josh, for that. Welcome to the Fit and Faith Podcast. Fit is an acronym representing founders, innovators, and trailblazers who are looking to live a life wholly, fully, authentically, and truly fit. A space for us to connect on the raw, real stories of mind, body, and soul alignment of entrepreneurs and kingdom leaders. I'm your host, Tamara Andress, and this podcast isn't like the cookie cutter interview experience. I've been coined the entrepreneurial rabbi, and so we do go there, unscripted. No matter how far, wide, deep, or high the there is, my desire is to see people rise from the inside out into their greatest calling by sharing their truest stories, talents, and tips. As a purpose activator and brand builder, I believe our successes and failures are derived from who and whose we are, not what we do. But strategy and vision are equally as important to the mission. So let's cut to the chase together and get fit in faith. Welcome, welcome to the Fit and Faith Podcast. Josh, I'm so grateful to have you here today. Thanks for having me. This is super cool. It's going to be great. We're going to dive into all the juicy details of your life, and he has no idea what the questions are going to be. So this makes it that much more fun. Wonderful. (laughs) Well, I am so grateful. It's so cool because you guys don't know the backstory of how I bring a lot of people onto these shows, and I want to give you some details because Josh and I are not even officially, I would say we're Instagram friends, but that's about it. Uh, We have had the pleasure of meeting in person because I went out to Colorado uh, with my family and 
we wanted to go to church and we knew that there would be something in the vicinity of where we were. We were in the Red Rocks area and my husband had been following the worship team at this particular church for about a year and a half to two years prior to us even stepping foot in this space. And he follows all the underground, like like all the people who are just getting started. And then he watches them blow up. He's followed like Travis Green before wow. he was on um, anywhere. He's followed different leaders who are now a part of Elevation Worship before they oh, were on. So it's just, it's he loves music and he loves just looking for the YouTube channel that only has like 8,000 views. Like they're wow. good, but they're not quite 8 million views. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be along the ride and see what God sees in them already. And so we were grateful that he re recognized that the church was literally down the road from our hotel, brought us into the church that uh, Josh actually pastors. And it was an amazing message that he shared that morning. And we got to connect with him and his wife. And it just led me and prompt me to say, I, I want to know more. And I'm excited to see what God is doing in your life and through your ministry and through the church. And so let's let's go all the places and find out all the things. Yeah, well, I will just say too, real quick, man. I, I remember that day, specifically my wife and I, we both left church that day talking about you and your husband. We're just like, gosh, that was such a refreshing and like, obviously just like a, I don't know, was, the conversation was natural and easy and it, you guys were just fun to be around. And so we just felt refreshed by you being there that day. So and then, of course, I was being dunked at a dunk tank. So that yeah, was and oh, yeah, we forgot about that part. My son was the only one with us. My daughter, my sweet daughter, was not uh, with us. And so we were taking just a, a time with him as he was coming home from Mexico. And Josh was in the dunk tank. Was it a family day? No, it was your birthday. My birthday, yeah, yeah. It was yeah, your yeah, birthday. Yeah. So they got a dunk tank for your birthday. I'm not sure if those parallel. Please don't buy me a, a dunk tank on my birthday. <laughs> but my son was being my son and fully rambunctious. And he was going pound for pound. On every opportunity that he get, he would he would throw the ball or just run up and dunk. Oh, yeah, he loved it. <laughs> and I kept being like that mom voice, right? Get over here. Like, yeah. stop it right now. That's enough. You've done enough. And he's like, why? And Gary's like, it's fine. He's fine. He's having fun. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't think so. <laughs> so it was awesome. It was funny. And you were such a trooper. And so when you got out, I'm like, we need to now apologize. Thank you, trooper. <laughs> so it led to a great conversation. And I'm glad that we were able to do that. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. So tell me, because I know that there's a whole backstory to how you even got into being at Red Rocks Church and, ha and how that actually has unfolded your marriage, your family life, everything. Yeah, I mean, so, uh, yeah, I, I like to tell people that I'm a recovering frat boy. Uh, and I, was <laughs> yes. uh, I went to the University of Iowa. Whenever the Hawkeyes are playing football on TV, I tend to relapse a little bit, but I come back. Uh, I talk to my counselor and I come back to normal. But uh yeah, so I grew up, um, I don't know if you want the long or the short, I'll just kind of give you the got time. Let's go. Great, great. I, I come from a, a Christian home uh, led by my mother. Uh, we, we grew up Lutheran. And so, man, church was boring. And so, and uh, I knew, I remember when I got um, confirmed in, in the Lutheran slash, I like to say Lutheran is like Catholic light. Okay. Um, okay. I, I didn't realize this. Okay, go. Yeah, yeah. So, so, you know, none of the Hail Marys or the confession booth, but some of the same stuff. And so um, we, we, we got confirmed to my mom said, well, going to church is your choice. And I said, well, getting up early on Sundays as a teenager is horrible. So I will stop going. Um, graduated from high school, got into the university of Iowa. It is not known for many things, but it is a top 10, like party school. It, it's because there's something else to do. And well, that's what you would say anyway, 
right? Right, right, right. I, I went to a similar school here and there was like 70% female, 30% guys. So that was also a whole like charade that people just love James Madison University. So shout oh, out yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's same thing there. It's like 60-40 and 60% of the people were from the suburbs of Chicago. It's only like three and a half hours away from the University of Iowa. So uh, I was just a small town kid and there's these big city kids. Anyway, so <clears throat> I knew I was going to join a fraternity. I knew it before I even went. I was like, I'm going to do this. I moved around a lot growing up. This seems like a good way to make friends, say all the things you want about paying for them. Um, I still talk to two of them. So <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I was going to ask that next. That's awesome. Yeah, I, uh, you know, it was a huge fraternity, um, one of the biggest on campus. And I did it. I did that thing exactly how you would imagine, um, exactly how you've seen in movies, Um I, I, I was, you know, drinking six, seven nights a week because they made it accessible and possible and easy and cheap and um, and uh, hanging out and just hanging out with girls and doing all, all this stuff. Right. I did that um, for five years because uh, I went to college not having a clue. And that's a horrible <laughs> time and place and waste of money yes. to find your clue. Uh, and so awesome. I graduated in 2009 <clears throat> and it was really hard to get employment at that time. Um, and when, when I graduated, moving back home wasn't that cool. Now it's like, move home, save money. It's the way to go. They got smarter. They're getting Yeah, smarter. they did. They <laughs> They're like less ashamed about it. Like, no, 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 I'm saving tons of money. It's way better than what you did. Uh, yeah, we didn't have that as an option. It really wasn't. I remember shamefully going home for like a couple of months and then moving in with my now husband, Gary, yeah. very quickly, which I would be totally anti for my daughter to do. And my sure. parents were just like, sure if that's what you want to do he seems like a good enough guy <laughs> yeah yeah that's kind of it and so i got a i got a job at jp morgan chase in chicago um one of the bailouts got me a job and so and a lot of people you know i don't know depending on on, on how old they are but you know 2009 was rough um 2008 was the worst and we were starting to come out of it in 2009 and so uh, I started doing finance as a 24 year old trying to tell people with tons of money in the game while they're losing all of it what to do with their money it was a perfect scenario. Sounds like it makes total sense, right? So <laughs> I trust stupid. you fully. Here's my money. Oh, it was so dumb. <laughs> um, the thing about Iowa is that no one graduates and stays there. You know, they living in Iowa City isn't cool after you graduate college. So they kind of go everywhere. And I had a, plenty of fraternity brothers that were living in Chicago. And it was like the same stuff. And I was starting to get tired of it. Um, I had to get up and go to work. Now someone actually cared if I showed up, whereas in college, it didn't really matter. And uh, I had to go to work and, and I just felt, I started to feel like, man, maybe there's something to that church thing that my, my mom had, had brought me to. And so I, I did the really smart thing living in the city of Chicago. I Googled church, got immediately overwhelmed and gave up because <laughs> thousands of churches. So many. <laughs> and you were you even like even drawn to do anything Lutheran at that point? No, yeah. not at all. So right. I didn't even know what I was looking for. Right, I didn't know the right. name of the other thing. Yeah, you're like, like, what's non-denominational? Sure. sure. It sounds like a cult. I'm not I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't even and they, you know, churches don't even put that in the title of their church. No, no, they don't. Grace Chapel. Why well, I don't even know what that is or what that could be. It so I just knew I didn't love what I grew up with. Um not that it isn't not that it isn't for somebody, it just wasn't for me. And so it was really hard. And here I am, uh, you know, living in Chicago. Gosh, what I know now is at the time, it would have been great if I had stumbled upon like Willow or something, you know, which I know is kind of going through it or has gone through it in the last couple of years. But at the time, you know, 20 years or let's say 10 years ago, it would have been, you know, a great, but I didn't. And so I just kind of gave up. Um, 
And I had a fraternity brother whose dad owned a small business and was expanding to Colorado. And he had asked me if, if, if I thought I would want to go and do that. And I was like, I'm 24. I don't know anything about your line of work. You want me to manage two States? I think I'm qualified. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a great idea. Let's go. I, think I can do that. And um, <clears throat> I think that, that being that naive really got me was really what I needed to, to get to Colorado but I can remember specifically knowing that I needed to go. Um, I had gotten into kind of some mountain climbing in college. And so Colorado was like a bonus. Um, that felt like the answer to prayer. I was like, Oh, well, here we go. I'm going to go do this thing. And, um, and so I, I remember sitting under like at an overpass getting ready to get on the highway. And I remember specifically that moment of just feeling like I have to go. I just have to go. It's, it's different. It's a way I needed some, I need something different. This is like too much of the same. I just need to go. And my mom, of course, was like, well, with this small business, do they have benefits? What is the job security? And I'm like, I don't know. All the questions you never ask or thought to ask because we weren't yeah. taught that in life skills of right. high school or right. college. Yeah, yeah right. so like, I don't know. Education I'm pretty healthy. I'm just going to go. So, so I moved out to Colorado. And then, like I said, because of the University of Iowa, people span out all over the place. I knew a buddy here and I, I got in touch with him and We'd started hanging out. It was still the same old, same old. And one of our nights out, I was just like, I think I'm, I think I need to go back to church. What, what I'm doing isn't really for me anymore. I'm kind of getting sick of it. I want something different. That seems to be like the place that people go to figure at least something out. Right. And he was like, yeah, I kind of been thinking about going back to church too. He grew up Catholic. And he's like, I have these friends. They've been telling me this church called Red Rocks Church. And I am a huge Dave Matthews fan and um, was in college. And I was like, oh, my gosh, a church at Red Rocks Amphitheater. Like, Dave doesn't even play there anymore. Like, I would love – that would be – even if it's lame, I'll go check it out. Yeah, so rad. You just got to go and be there. Yes. So, fun fact, Dave Matthews grew up in Charlottesville, Virginia, right near where we are. And yep. so my sister went to college right there at University of Virginia and would go to all the dive bars before he was yeah. also famous or also yeah. when he came back. So it's such a cool, cool thing. He's an amazing artist. My husband also loves him. Yeah. So you guys have a very similar musical influence. We, we do. Yeah. I mean, I just, I hadn't even heard of him until college. I just fell in love with him. Saw him live a couple of times. I was like, this is, this is amazing music. They're so, anyway, we can, I can talk about that. Some people don't like it. I don't really care. Uh, but, <laughs> no, I, love, I think it's great. But um, so yeah, so he mentioned, so, and he's like, and they have a service at 5 PM on Sundays. And I was like, no, oh, I'm I'm up early. This is the frat boy. Like, <laughs> yeah, we can go out all night, and there's still no excuse for why we can't get to church. I mean, it's really yeah, that's good. So the first day we went was the weekend after the Fourth of July in 2010, which was the last time Fourth of July was on a Sunday. It was in 2010, before this past year, and or before this year. And so we went and we showed up, and it was at this old theme park built by Disneyland, like back in the 70s called Heritage Square. At this point now, it's not the 70s. It's run down. It's pathetic. It's like carnival rides and there's like toy shops with wooden toys that like... Sounds like a thriller movie. Oh, it's terrible. It's (laughs) And I'm like, where are we? I can't tell my mom about this church. She'll think I'm in a cult. Uh, So (laughs) we walked to the back and um, just a flood of people coming in. And I sat in the back left section of this like barn of this old inventory warehouse for a backpack company. And I got saved that moment um, at that wow. church, uh, like as soon as I moved here, basically. And 
I had that moment. And um, for me, I just kept coming to church. Um, that's all I knew to do. I didn't know what the next steps were. I wasn't churchy. Um, <clears throat> so I just like, well, I'll just keep showing up and see what happens. And none of my behavior changed right away um, at all. Um, but but I just kept feeling more of a pull towards that and less of a pull towards everything else. You know what I mean? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Now, do you feel because you say like I got saved in that moment and like we're now in a relationship with God. So we understand what that means. And I, I wouldn't say we're in religion because that's not the type of relationship that we have or the understanding of spirituality that we have. Thank you, God. Um, unlike our, our boxed experience when we were younger. And so I want to uh, unpack that for somebody who might be in the seeking understanding. Like, what does that actually mean? What does that experience feel like, look like, taste like? with, with him in that salvation moment? For me, it was a moment uh, someone asked, I was talking about this with someone recently. So it's good. Cause I finally, I finally been putting like words to it to quantify it, you know, other than just the feeling. Right. Right. Um, and the feeling is like, there is something happening there, but it's not like this. It wasn't this for some people. It is like an overwhelming emotion. I'm not the most emotional person. I just noticed that something was happening. <laughs> I was like, Oh, something's going on here. And in the salvation moment for me, I had just never felt more known in my entire life. Like I was sitting in that room and the preacher didn't know I was going to be there. And what he was speaking about was literally like God was talking to me in my situation in that moment. And I can remember the graphics on the back. I remember everything about it. And he was <clears throat> his message was a lot about like what's next. And, and, and I had just moved to Colorado. I actually went back and listened to it recently. I was like, oh, oh that's awesome. Why wouldn't I have, you know? Um, but he had no idea I was going to be there. And so for me, this was, um, this was a moment of just feeling very known, still not totally sure what's happening. Um, but I felt like there's this presence of something knows me and knows what I need. And this is what it is. And I just need to keep coming to this. Um, and learning more about it. And, and I'm a very, like, I'm a thinker. I'm more of a thinker than a feeler, unless it has to do with anger. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, um, yeah. <laughs> and so I, it was just a weird, and I'm very intro, introspective. And so it was just a moment where I felt something was different. And I felt very, very known. I mean, how, how would you, like, how, what, what no, would you as to? you're saying that, like, it literally brings me chills because that was like my first encounter with Jesus himself. And it was one of those, I could see him. I could, I can close my eyes and see exactly where I was standing in my living room, exactly what he looked like. And he actually grabbed my chin from looking down and like weeping to wow. lifting to his face, which was just like this radiant light with, with rainbows, which is wow. a part of my brand. Yeah. And he literally said, you are fully seen, you are fully known, and I still love you. Wow. And so congruency in that knownness, because I feel like I lived a very similar college experience to you, early childhood experience, very similar, same years almost. I graduated in 08. And so, um, I just for a, a little bit longer than you, because I didn't get saved until I was 29, um, was living this life of, does anybody see me? And yeah. and yet I was very like the hostess, right? I was the event planner. I was at all the parties. I had two children at this point, my husband, like people saw me all the time. Yeah. I was known by my community pretty well, but I never felt like I could even look in the mirror myself and feel like, I see you, I know you, because I was like 
wearing all these masks. Yeah. And so that that seeing and knowing and then the ultimate and I still love you. And I think that's ultimately where I was in this season of life is like, can I even love myself? Do I even love myself? Yeah. Do I even know who myself is? Because I've been people pleasing my whole life. And to know that I was still seen in that moment and still loved drew me into the the biggest love life that I ever had. And that's oh. my, my love life with him. And then also a new love life and intimacy with my, my family, specifically sure. my husband and my kids. <clears throat> definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so, that, yeah that, I love that. Yeah, this is how I felt. That's funny. I should have graduated in 08. Ah, you're right. You should have. You're yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, so you're in this space, and I love the part that you shared right after that because it was similar to me is that um, not a ton changed. Now, my life drastically changed very quickly, um, but I still was feeling that sense of who am I? I was still having anxiety attacks. I was still trying to figure out my footing. Like it wasn't like the, the yellow brick road was finally laid out, sure. but I had that sense of security of that knownness that I was still in the desire to seek more. What does that mean? And how do I grasp hold of that sensation and that salvation again? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And it, it for me, it was just, I had to keep going, um, you know, and, um, just kind of hearing more and learning more because I grew up, you know, like you mentioned uh, with, with religion as opposed to relationship um, very much check the box off, do these things. And so what was being presented was very different. Um, not something I was familiar with at all. I mean, in college, I opened my Bible a couple of times um, when I was uh, going through something that was awful, or um, I prayed a couple of times if I wanted to go out and not study and still pass a test. You know? <laughs> yes, of course, like, of course. Like was, Let me get home safely when I'm drinking and driving, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Mm -hmm. all that. Yeah, that was the extent of my relationship <laughs> right. at that point in time. Uh, and also, none of those prayers were answered. And right. So, well, that's not true. I did pass. I just did not get a great grade. Uh, so, so yeah. So, you know, I kept going. The buddy I went with eventually kind of, kind of, it kind of filtered out for him. Um, but I kept going, and then, and then, um, a lot started to change. A lot started to change. You know, you mentioned big life change. I think, like, literally within a couple of months, I was there. I was going through some things. I, I took my dad to rehab. I flew home and took him to rehab for alcohol, and and so a lot of these things were happening. And I was, I was, I was learning how and trying to navigate them through this uh, better person, really, of, you know, how, how, how does the, the, the frat boy handle this versus how does the, you know, the, the Christian, the, the Christ follower handle this? And so um, there's just a lot of stuff that was being challenged in me that maybe in the past I wouldn't have felt challenged by. And now I, I was feeling this challenge. And, and honestly, it was like I wanted to go, you know, once again, I wanted to go towards, towards, towards the Lord on this and not towards the other stuff and going towards the other stuff got harder and harder to do. Um, whether or not it was cause I was a new Christian and I felt guilty about it either way. It was, yeah. I mean, I think there's that conviction piece that comes to life and, and, and that's a good thing. That's a Holy spirit driven thing. I think so. I think so. I, I really do. And so, um, I decided to, for me, all of my, all of the rest of my story is God prompting and me just saying yes. Um, and so I, I, you know, was feeling prompted to go to our church, had a young adults ministry, college and 20 somethings. I'm 24 years old at this time. And, uh, I'm, I'm like, okay, well, it, I've been to smaller church groups back in the day growing up and they're all weird and they're in some creepy basement. And I don't, I like, 
they use words I don't understand and I don't know if I want to go to this. And so there's always this theme with me and the Lord of the thing I know I'm supposed to do. That's very obvious to me and me being hesitant. And, uh, uh, I can get to that in a second. Cause I just got a big revelation about that a couple months ago. Yeah, so, I'm excited. That's good. Um, so, <clears throat> so I decided to go finally. And, you know, I met someone that was in my wedding there. I just, and then the same theme, I just kept going to that. And it was, it was different. They weren't making it like this, 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 this place with words that you had to fit. You had like a whole new language. It wasn't like a whole new language. They spoke kind of in, in the way I needed to hear it and, and in the language I understood. And like, they weren't, you know, using all these religious terms. <clears throat> and then when they did, they would explain it. And so um, I kept going and then, and then the prompting for a life group, <laughs> this was the one that bothered me the most. I was like, I am not doing that. I will not do that. I'm not going to get in a group full of these perfect Christian people and tell them about me being gross. And like, they're going to want to hear about my testimony and they're going to, they're going to be, you know, looking at me like, Oh my God, judgy, judgy God. Christian. Even though it's not crazy. Yeah, it's not yeah, gross yeah. and like stupid. And so I'm like, I'm not doing it. And I purposely did not go to the life group launch night. Cause I was so rebellious about this. I was like, I'm not going to do it. You can't make me do it. But like legitimately, that's what he was saying. He was like, you need to get, this is the next step. You need to take this step. And I refused. <laughs> I refused. And then a couple days later, being, whether it's guilt or whatever, yeah. I, okay, okay, I'll join the group. So I hear you. I hear you. And I think this is a really, even just this point right here, you guys, I want you to take note. That's like, it's not an audible thing. And it's not that it's never an audible experience, but it's a prompting. It's an intuition. It's a gut feeling. It's an instinct. Yeah. It's a something is circling in your mind that is not your thought, but it, it you want to own it as your thought, but you're rejecting it as your thought. And then there's the counterbalance of like the devil and the angel on your shoulder, sure. right? It's, it's actually very accurate. And so I think a lot of people are always like, well, how did you know? What led you to that, like to that experience? And so I just wanted to clarify for people yeah. listening that it's all of those things and more. And yeah. it's going to be different for you. It's going to be exactly what you need in order to push you into that next door. Sure. So keep going. So you decide yeah. to show up. Yeah. Well, and, and, and to your point too, that's like, I mean, people have different spots with that. It's like uh, feeling like they should maybe go to church, but I don't know. They might judge me or feeling like I should open up to a friend about this thing. And maybe, you know, so there's a lot, but th that prompting to your point is so big. So I emailed the the person in charge. Is like, are there any groups still open? I missed the. I had a <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, and she said, yeah, there were two groups open. So I emailed the two groups, and one of them's like, yeah, come on, join in. And um, so I joined that group January of twenty eleven. So I had been saved for like six months, and uh, man, my faith really took off there. I really felt like, um, I really felt like a lot of. Um, discernment over scripture supernaturally. Cause I hadn't really read the Bible that much, but I really felt like, Oh, I know who God is. And I know who he isn't like, just from, just from engaging with people in there and like hearing different things I'm like, well, I don't know. That's not really what I'm feeling, you know, and having good, healthy, not argumentative, but just healthy conversations about what's going on. And I did eventually have to tell my story in the group and there was so much grace and all this. And, and uh, you know, it was one of the ways in which I experienced grace the first time tangibly. Um, now the life group leader, uh, well, I joined a life group with no intention of, of pursuing, um, a relationship. It was really 
really seriously, very selfish. It was about me and me growing my, in my faith. And this is the next step. And so uh, I was in that group until like April. And then in April, I think early April, the life group leader, she went on a missions trip uh, for two weeks. And she actually just told me this, uh, this past year, which is really good. Cause if she would have told me this beforehand, I'd have been a little scared. <laughs> But she prayed fervently for two weeks that this guy in her life group would finally notice her. And that prayer worked. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) He came back from that trip. And I can tell you, like, I just looked at her and I was like, oh, there you are. Wow. And so we uh, started dating. She's now my wife. And uh, that's amazing. Yeah. So I, you know. Listen, you don't necessarily go to church to find your spouse, but it's a great, <laughs> it's a great option. Yes. Oh my is God. it wrong to pray for that guy? No, it is not. No, it's not. That works. That's it works. amazing. My sister-in-law tells me all the time she was so annoyed with like my wife's name's Caroline. Caroline just looking through Facebook photos. And I'm like, you're such a creep. That makes me so happy. That's so awesome. Because that's like truly real life, right? Like a lot of people are like, oh, we met in church. That's so great. It's like, actually, I stalked him and I prayed over Ah, him for a while. And then it worked. I manifested him as my husband. So here we are. It did work. It did work. It totally worked. That's so Um, awesome. But at the same time, there was the God prompting on your side that pushed you into that experience that, you know, if you had not listened, who knows what would have come to fruition. And so it takes both the people to say yes yes and to lean into those emotions even though how drastically different they might be at the time or what season or background she has right it's, yeah. it could be drastically different than yours well and what was her call to lead a group like right you know, like what did she, right. did she struggle with that did she not want to did she want to yeah um, why was she and so um yeah so so we so i got baptized that june i was baptized as a baby but i just feel like i wanted i wanted to make a profession of my own faith similar uh, to me, and I share this with our church whenever we do baptism, it was a similar spiritual moment for me as my salvation, mm. um, as far as yeah. impact and like the heaviness of it. And for those of us watching, it's like, oh, that person just went in and out. But it, there's a there's there's something very spiritual happening there. Um, and, and so, yeah, my wife would tell you she'd want me to share this. Uh, I've, she's only seen me nervous twice. In, in, in our- <laughs> I love it. The first time was when I asked her to, 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 to what did you even call it? Like, you know, make the relationship. Day, yeah, to be official, Facebook officials. And she's talked to you on Facebook, Facebook yes. official. Caroline, I'm just totally throwing you so, under the bus, but I love oh her. Oh my gosh, I was so nervous. I was like hugging a pillow trying to talk to her. <laughs> and I just, I've never been nervous like that ever about talking to it, but I've never had a Christian relationship. Well, and that was what I was going to say. You, you had the alcohol as a suppressant your actual emotions and feelings and sure. that gave you liquid courage unlike this experience where you're like i actually have to feel and i actually yeah. feel something and now i have to speak how am i going to do that collectively yeah. yeah and it was i was very nervous it was that moment and then when i proposed to her but mostly because i didn't want to drop the ring we were rock climbing <laughs> and that would have been horrible oh uh, that's amazing yeah so anyway fast forward we got married um while we we're in the middle of the of the planning process i just been i decided i was just done with my job. Um, I was like, I'm, I don't, I don't think this is for me. Funny enough, um, as we're talking, you know, right after I graduated, I, (laughs) I finally figured out what I wanted to do. I was like, I want to help people. Maybe I'll go be a firefighter. So I walked down to the firefighting office literally after graduation day. It's like, what does it take to do this? Like, well, you got to go back to school. I was like, yep, not doing that. I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) No, thanks. Um, But I knew I had this feeling like I just wanted to be of use to people. I wanted to help people. 
and what I was doing was, wasn't helping people. And so um, I was miserable in my work. I was starting to look for new jobs. I was like, well, if I'm going to hate what I do, I should make more money doing it. That'll make me happier. And gotten told no for the first time ever, applying for jobs for multiple jobs. <clears throat> and um, finally, I just threw my hands up with the Lord. And I was just like, God, you know what? I don't care what it is. I just want to help people. I don't care what the pay is. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm open to it. I'll figure it out. I just want to do it. And two weeks later, I got a job with Youth for Christ. The national headquarters is here in Colorado. And um, <clears throat> I've been volunteering at a Youth for Christ ministry up north for a couple of years, but it was an admin job. Like I was recreating word documents, <laughs> but I was working for God. And that was yes, very of course. Um, and as I, as, as, and, and I took that pay cut after she said, yes, that's also, ah, that's a testimony. <laughs> so, uh, so, uh, I, I decided maybe the youth thing was, I'd gotten really, I gotten along with the youth kids I'd been working with in the ministry volunteering and we were nothing alike. They were skateboarding kids. I was a jock from frat boy. We were nothing alike, but I just loved the idea of someone who looks like someone who would always be their enemy at school being on their side and being, mm, a, I love that. Yeah. There was something about that that was really yeah. powerful to me. Um, and, and just wanting to know, like, not everybody is that way. And, um, so, so I liked that. So I thought to myself, well, gosh, I should probably like volunteer at the youth at my church. If I'm going to do, if I'm going to volunteer, I, you know, just be around different types of kids that make me more effective. So summer of 2012, I started volunteering at youth and it was perfect. I mean, there were so many youth kids that were getting ready to graduate that wanted my experience in college. And I had such an immediate connection with them to, to talk to them through that. What's that like? And all that. Um, I just really hit it off well with them right away. Um, and, and the guy who was uh, speaking at our young adults ministry, the first night I went was now in charge of our youth ministry. His name's Andrew, and I was talking to him, and, and he was he was telling us in um, like I want to say uh, I don't know in the fall at sometimes fall of 2012, he was telling the whole youth volunteers he's like, hey, you know, our church we had just gone multi-site like a year earlier, and he's like, hey, we've decided we want to do youth ministry at each location rather than one big youth ministry because um, kids can't drive. <laughs> and so makes sense. And so uh, he was like, so. Eric is going to go launch that ministry. I'm going to need help here. If you're available, let me know. And I kind of just went to him and said, Hey, I make my own hours where I'm at. I can be here when I need to be. And he was like, I was like, we can get lunch, talk about it. He's like, let's get lunch. Um, I had no idea that he was fasting for a new hire uh, for youth ministry. And so we went to lunch and it went really well. And he told me he thought I should apply. And uh, obviously in hindsight, I know now he had been fasting for um, the next guy. And here we are. And and I laughed at his face. (laughs) I was like, (laughs) I can't work for you. I think I should apply here. If I show you my resume, like I didn't go to seminary. I like took me five years to graduate with a worthless college degree that I don't even use. Uh, like I, like I have business experience and I've worked at a nonprofit for six months. I don't, what do you want me to do? <laughs> I love this. Like, are you going to talk to HR? So that doesn't just get like, skipped out. You're going to slide me in. How's this going to work? No, there's one coming. Through. This is who runs your church. These kind of people. Yeah. I'm like, there's no way. I know how hiring goes. HR is going to throw this one away. He's like, no, it'll be fine. Do it. And so the, the process kind of got moving along at the time you interviewed for a pastoral position with the five founders of the church at the same time. Super wow. Yeah. That's really intense. I remember praying. I remember telling my wife and spending a lot of time in the prayer, the actual prayer closet at youth for Christ. And it's like, I just don't feel qualified for this. I'm living with a buddy of mine who's been doing 
youth ministry volunteering for eight years. This is his dream job. Like, why me? I don't, I don't, I don't have any experience in this. Not to mention, he keeps throwing out how he's going to want me to do all this creative stuff, and I can't even draw stick people. So <laughs> <I don't understand. clears> and she just kind of told me, she was like, well, it's not because of you. There's nothing you've done that anyone would look at and go, you deserve to do this. Mm, so so there's, a, there's, a bigger, there's a bigger hand at work there. And so I said yes to it. I started January 1 of 2013. Um, and, man, I mean, like the equipping – happened over time. I was in charge of all of our creative content and I had no experience beforehand. Um, and I got to launch a youth ministry at Lakewood when that became a thing. And then, um, became the first associate campus pastor at our church, which still to this day, no one knows what that means. And, <laughs> and now I'm the campus pastor at a, at a church I've been at for six years and I just love it so much. Um, my wife gets to be there now. Um, she was doing, she does our kids ministry at our church. She was doing it at a different campus. And then I, I got really complaining for about two years and they, they brought her over. <laughs> I think that's fair. <laughs> yeah. They brought her over to Lakewood. And, and, and so, um, the church Red Rocks, I'm super loyal to, um, I, I don't need it. I can walk away from it, but I'm so grateful for what it is and who it reaches and how it reaches people. I believe so much in the mission of that church. I am a direct product of that mission. I'm the, I'm, I'm a good example of why a Sunday night service works for someone who's in their early twenties who wants to party on Saturday. Um, I met my wife there. I have my, my beautiful children because I met my wife there. I have, I was saved there. Um, and so I just love that place. Um, I don't need it. Um, but I'm really happy to be there and, uh, I'm thrilled about it. And, and it's, it's just been such a, it's been such a great, and my, when I go for a run, I just find myself really thankful. And I think to like, man, I could be 35 and still doing the, I have fraternity brothers that are still doing the same yeah. stuff. And it's just kind of sad to me. It's just yeah. like this lost, it's a lostness, which isn't really a word, but that, that breaks my heart because there's so much more to enjoy, even on this side of heaven, uh, the way that you enjoy your spouse, your kids, and you're still a human, so you still don't always enjoy them. Right, right, definitely. But when you do, when you do, it's 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 it's, it's a different kind of enjoyment, and it, it comes from the Lord. And so I'm just so grateful to be where I am. And uh, man, if someone who doesn't know anything about church, not even what to Google, <laughs> can yeah, that's be where powerful. I'm at, yeah, I think it's for everybody. So. I love that. I, I think it, there's there's a, so many messages within it and I could go in a lot of different directions. Quick commercial break. I know I hate these things too, but it's so critical that you grow your business for God's sake. And I mean that, pun intended, with all the love in my heart to get you from a place of ideation to activation. Stop dreaming, start doing, stand up, start saying yes to the call that God has on your life. We are going to be joining in Lexington, Kentucky with none other than the beautiful Rise and Grind community with Glenn Lundy, who will be co-hosting this incredible conference. This is the second annual, and he has taken me under his wing to be able to share this stage, to motivate and inspire and I cannot wait to see you there November 5th through the 7th if you want to come in for the VIP experience which who doesn't want to come along for VIP that's all access passes to the speakers and the artists
us and you'll be able to dine with us in the private rooms with your own special bathrooms. So of course, come one day, two day, three day passes available as well. And we cannot wait, as Glenn and I say, to hug your neck. See you there. Earlier, you wanted to um, me to prompt you back to that message of a revelation that you had. So I want to hear about that. Yeah. Um, we have a staff counselor and his name's Gary. He's amazing. He's also a good dear friend of mine. Um, I've had some stuff go on with, with my dad and, and some stuff like that. And I don't, we don't really communicate and things like that. And so um, we just needed to have a moment where he wanted to do an intensive with me. He's like, we need to go for eight hours. I'm like, oh, eight wow. hours. Oh, wow. <laughs> what are we going to do? Are we going to eat? And, a lot of eating, go yeah. running, go rock climbing. Yeah. So I'm an Enneagram one. I'm a perfectionist. Um, it, it's like literally, I mean, I, yeah, I know you're a little bit of all of them. It's like it, it dominates everything. And so I have a harsh inner voice. I believe in justice and I'm, I believe in perfection and I'm, I'm terrified of failure. Um, and, and he, we, through some prompting and through some talking with him, he in a lovingly, in a loving way helped me realize that I've been saved now for 10 years, 11 years. And haven't trusted God with one minute of it. Not one wow. minute. Not actually trust him. Mm. Like, and I think that's that's apparent in in my my rebellion to push back and say no to things. But um, you know, I was having like I was I was angry a lot and I was so sick and tired of being angry. It just and who isn't a little angry after 2019, 2020, you know? Yeah, it absolutely. Just, it's a for yeah. now message, a thousand percent. Yeah. And I can parallel specifically in your relationship with your dad and all of those things. I'm right there. Yeah. Same, and same root just, issue and everything. So Yeah, I was just so angry and I was just so sick of being angry and I didn't want to be. And he was like, I think it's a control thing for you. You've got to let go. You've got to hold it like this. He, he said, when I look at you, I, I see, I see Moses and I see a Moses who needs to lay his staff down and, and, and just, and just let God move through you. And that was really hard for me to deal with. I cried, ugly cried for a while because I just felt like I had lied to myself and to God for 11 years. And, and, you know, he, he's so good at what he does. Cause since I'm a father, he was like, well, put yourself in his shoes. Of course. You know, would you, do you want your kids to have to earn your trust? Do you, do you, do you want to, do you want, when they don't trust you, do you want them to feel like a failure? And I'm like, then crying more. <laughs> and so, yeah, what's, what's interesting now where I am now is I have taken these steps and these moments, uh, these moments of trust, but there hasn't been this like overwhelming walking in a presence of trust. And, and that's what I'm working on now. And so, um, and, and, and that was just, it was weird. But I can look back and go, well, I trusted him to move to Colorado. I trusted him to go to church. He's like, you trusted him in those moments, but you still took control of those moments. That's or tried, so interesting. Or tried so good. To, yeah, you tried to take control of those moments because you don't really trust. And I'm like, oh, but yes, I do. I know all the scripture. I know what it yeah, says. Yeah. And it's one thing to know it and the other thing to believe it. And that's the difference, I think, for us with if we were to talk through the difference between religion and relationship with Christ is religion is knowing and in the relationship is feeling and, and walking in that. And 
So anyway, it's, 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 that's that's so good. So my curiosity, because I say this on all of my episodes almost, because it's literally on the front of my brain and tongue is like wanting in all of the times that I spend with people specifically in the podcast is like this opportunity for conviction. Like, God, what do you want to teach me? What do you want to teach the people who are listening? And this is the moment. This is the moment where I'm like, Wow. Like even holding Moses's staff, right? Like I talk all the time about the driver's wheel and I am really good at sharing with other people, like, let him be the CEO of your business. Let him be the driver, right? Like you navigate, he'll show you where to go. And it's really hard to like live prying your fingers off of all the things that you think you control. And, And this is a daily surrender for me of okay, I've got to trust you in this because otherwise I'll wake up and I will hit the ground running and I'll be like, I got my staff. I'm ready. Let's go. And he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold up. First off, that's already been completed. You don't need to do that task. How often do we think through that conversation? And also like, that's not what I want you to do today. That's actually not on par with what the plan was. And you're just going so fast. And so I think there's a speed conversation. I think there's a let go control conversation. And the one thing that I want to ask you as you've kind of unpacked what that means is like, how do you live in a surrendered state of trust consistently rather than I'll trust you with this, but this one I'm going to take hold of, right? Yeah, that's a really good question. Because I asked my counselor right away. I was like, well, how do I do that? Right. That's what I'm like. How do you do that? And I will follow them, you know. I can do the program. Just tell me what it is. Um, and, he, you know, of course, he says it takes time and he says we have to meet more. I think for me, um, it is a little bit. Some people hate this saying, but it is a little bit this. It's a little bit fake it till you make it a little bit. I, I know that's not like the best thing to hear or to say. But for me personally, if I find myself, the trigger for me is if I feel myself getting angry, then I need to ask myself, what am I not trusting God with? And then just telling myself, I trust him, I trust him, I trust him, I trust him until it's just kind of gone and I just kind of let it go. Um, you know, I, I just, I, I, I want to run after people and I, wanna, I, want, I want the church to grow and, and I, want, I want the noise of all of the the anger and chaos and frustration of the world to just be blinded by the light so badly. If if our lead pastor Sean gives me something to run after, he better put reins on me because I will run through every wall and door to do it. And so so I think like I find myself getting you know the most frustrated with at work, which I'm sure a lot of people are in the same boat. Like oh, I would do it this way. Well, just because you maybe don't work at a church doesn't mean that God isn't using you where you are. And there isn't something very specific that he needs you to do. Only only a handful of all of Israel was was priests. So everybody has something to do. I say handful, only one tribe. Okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so good. Yep. Like, ten, like less than 10%. Uh, <laughs> Not a lot. So so like, you know, that that applies everywhere. And and it is, it's it's a two-way street too. It's not only is where is God gonna um, like take you, but it's also what is God doing in you while he's trying to get you to trust him, you know, like, uh, so being frustrated at work, being frustrated with my kids and just letting them be kids and just, and, and, and letting them just laugh. If we're going on a walk, it's not about getting the walk done. It's about, it's a time of exploration for them and letting them do their thing. And don't be, you know, don't get so frustrated with that. So it's a lot of, it's a lot of being cognizant of the moment. I think we've talked a lot about how there is a feeling 
for sure. But I think the head and the heart work really well together. I think God designed it that way because he does tell us to take our thoughts captive in the mind. And a lot of our thoughts can come from emotion. And so I think there's a good balance there. So I think like my emotion flares up and then I try to like remind myself here what my heart should be feeling. And so I don't know, you know, just I don't have like an exact answer because I'm still figuring it out. This is like one month removed. But for me a little bit, it is it is recognizing immediately like I'm angry about this. Why am I angry? Oh, it's not my way. It's not my way. And and but that doesn't mean it's not God's way. And so just allowing myself to take a step aside, trusting people, I think helps if you can learn to trust people, I think it helps you with learning to trust God. Anyway. Yeah, no, I think that there's so much power to that. And as you were talking, especially at the very last point right there, um, the trusting people is forgiveness was a a layer that I had to work through for a long time. um, That was ultimately rooted in forgiving myself in parallel to forgiving the person or the situations or anything else. And I think trust is probably a very similar component to that is like, trust yourself, right? The trust him within you to be able to activate in those situations or the language that you're going to say, or the emotion that you're going to feel. And then you'll be able to trust situations and the things on the exterior of thyself, right? Know thyself. Right. And I think that there's a lot to it and it's no different than understanding that prompting. Like we were talking about in the beginning is like, what does that emotional experience look like? What's happening in your head? What's happening in your heart, what's happening in your gut and your spirit. Um, And so I just, I think that my word for this year has been maturity. And it's like understanding that maturity is not an age bracket. Maturity is not a, I know the scripture front to back like this. You know, maturity Mm -hmm. is not even the season of the plant per se, because there is a cycle and there is a season. And so um, it's a pace and a process that I've had to really lean into um, and I think trust is, is surely one of the things that I need to be better at. So I love that you brought that to the surface. Thanks. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've, I've learned to trust him with big, massive things. Why can't I trust him with all the little things? You know, it's, I know myself, my counselor is perplexed. I'm the only person I get. To- <laughs> he asked, he asked all the time, would you be your own best friend? And I was like, no, immediately. And he was like, no one says that. <laughs> You're like, I'm just being honest. <laughs> I'm way too annoying. I annoy myself way too much to be my own best friend. Oh, that's awesome. I think that the the follow-up point that I want to make before we close out here is is like you really don't know. And the you said this about your children that I think is really beautiful and kind of parallels to everything that you've done to this point in life is that key component of exploration and that God has us on a walk, right? Mm-hmm. Like this is our yeah. walk. And if we allow ourselves to explore rather than to control or create finite pieces to that exploration, I'm going to start at this hour. I'm going to finish at this hour. I'm going to go on this path. I'm going to end up here. I'm going to meet this person and then I'm going to meet this person and then this is going to happen. But that's ultimately not what this is like. And so allowing ourselves in that childlike faith to explore on the pattern and the process and the day by day and not have like, you should see my desk right now, like the rigidity of everything, the hour by hour, the minute by minute, all the notes that have been taking. But it's one of the reasons why I come to these experiences and these conversations fully present and with no notepad, because I just want to be fully present to that ability to be convicted. And that's ultimately what exploration is about. I don't need to take all the notes or do all the things like God just wants us to be fully present with him. Yeah, that's so good. And if you trust him enough, you can walk on water. 
Yeah, come on, preach that. So good. Josh, it has been such a gift to get to know you more. And I love that when I initially asked you guys, he was like, me? Why me? And I I don't I don't know why not you. Oh, and wow. I believe that a lot of times we are looking at opportunities um, as an ability to do something. But the question that was prompted to me about last year actually was what if you are the opportunity? Mm. And so just like take that and and lead into your next portion of your exploration and say that somebody is looking for you rather than you needing to go out and like fill the fill the church or fill the space. Maybe there's another way to look at it. Right. That that, that stresses me out a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Not my intention. Trust. No, I know it's it's not. That's heavy. That's cool. That's good. It's a really good word. You're so welcome so much for having me. I mean, this is so cool. I love getting to tell my story. It's not, it's not the most like down in the dumps thing ever, but I do think it's pretty relatable and, um, I'm just thrilled to be on this side of it and to tell people about it. So Absolutely. Thank you. Absolutely. My pleasure. And so you guys can get to know Josh a bit more through redrockschurch.com. You can also follow him on Instagram. Is that where you hang out most? That, yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm so bad at that stuff, honestly. <laughs> well, his link is not here, so I'm going to have to add it to the notes. But regardless, right. they can get in touch with you if they need you, because I do believe in the relatability of your story. Oh, and I definitely please. believe in like that young adult space is a place that people are really floundering. Right. Um, and they don't understand even where to go because it was never been taught and it's never been showcased. And we are the generation to unlock that for the generations to follow. Um, and I believe that we are having the ability in such a beautiful season of, of humanity for us to be able to unlock that in our children at a really early age. Yeah. So bless well, me because I know you have so a number three coming. I do. I don't have any followers, so I respond to everybody. So hey, even better. Follow Josh. Talk to Josh. DM him. I want you to blow up his DM when you hear this, you guys. It was a blessing. Thanks again. And I hope that you guys all feel better. You guys, he has COVID and he's showing up in this experience. So I'm great. Health. Health. See you, friend. See you. Hey y'all, it's me again. I hope in today's episode, you sense and ignite to an ember within you. Something mentally, physically, emotionally, or spiritually moving that creates and sustains a fire within your journey. Before you go, let's solidify the flame. I'd love for you to take a step right now in declaring your takeaway. By snapping a pic of the episode you tuned into, share your sparked moment and tag me at fitandfaith underscore podcast or me personally at tamra.andress on Insta. I hope that I can keep you accountable and also share you with the greater community of the Fit and Faith podcast listeners. We're totally in this together. Community over competition is the motto, right? I'd also be incredibly grateful if you took an extra second to leave a review on iTunes or your podcast listening app. I'd love to feature your thought in the next episode and give you and your passion project a big shout out. You know I'm a writer, so I love words and I can't wait to read what you have to say. I'm ready to fuel the flame with you together. And until next time, blessings over your joy, health, wealth, and wholeness. Tune in next time. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. God looks at your heart, not your gene size. 
Do you know the verses yet still stress over your body? Oh, I get it. I was raised in church, but I struggled with food, eating disorders, and my body for decades. I'm Heather Creekmore, host of the Compared To podcast, where we talk about all things body image and comparison from a biblical perspective. We get real about the pressure to focus on appearance in a culture where looks seem to matter most. Whether you're wrestling wrinkles or battling the scale, Compared To Who is the show for you. You'll laugh a little and be encouraged a lot. If you're ready to stop comparing and start living, visit lifeaudio.com to listen and subscribe.